What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 41. We're joined today by the co-founder and CEO of Exto Bio, Juan Carlos Pacheco. Stop guessing and start treating. Rooted in science and developed under the highest standards, ExtoBio leverages the research of top scientists and the power of AI to provide precision cannabinoid care. Juan Carlos and his team are working to provide targeted cannabinoid research and education for doctors to advise accurately and confidently. Find out more at extobio.com and enjoy the show. Juan Carlos, welcome, man. Thanks for joining me. Rob, it's great to be here, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, long, a long time in scheduling, um, but we're here at last. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It feel, feels good to, to be connected. The cannabis industry has a way of passing time that's kind of like disjointed from the calendar. <laughs> for sure, for sure. When we, and uh, you've been busy since we last spoke, passing the bar, man. Congratulations, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was uh, I was in the the depths of it, and um, when we met back in February, so I just graduated uh, with a, a law degree and an MBA from University of North Carolina this past May, and, and passed the bar this past August. So it feels good to close that chapter. Yes, man. Now you can turn back and kind of see the see the journey you've been making, huh? Definitely, yeah. It feels good to to be able to focus full time now on Exto Bio. Yes, yeah. Kind of uh, rolling up your sleeves on it. Were you were you working on Exto Bio then throughout your degree on the side? Yeah. So uh, my program was a, was a four year program, and I co founded Exto Bio during my third year. Um, so okay. about halfway halfway through, I just wasn't quite enough to only work on the on the school curriculum, right? Yeah, I had to I had to get out of the books in the classroom and, and do some some real stuff. Um, get right. out of the head and, and get in business. It's always interesting how that works to take when uh, you're taking theory and and things you've been learning out into the real world. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I in the past year and a half with Exto Bio, I'd said I've learned more than I had in in the four years of school. So it's which is quite a bit. It kind of forces you um, to to keep learning when you're the, when you're the guy at the top and the, the one making the decisions on that side. Definitely. Yeah. You realize how much you don't know. Right. Right. It, it makes you humble quick. I think that's probably <laughs> a good, a good thing about it. For sure. <laughs> and if we rewind the clock a little bit to even before your, your law degree days, what's your past with cannabis and in and in or outside of it, um, kind of, did you dabble in college like many of our guests, or have you been entrenched in it like some of our other guests since since their childhood? <laughs> yeah, so I'd say I got a, a bit of a non-traditional path. So I um, I definitely uh, consumed in in high school growing up, um, and then for I went to played soccer for a year at Lipscomb University, and also uh, enjoyed my time there. And then I actually uh, transferred out of of Lipscomb and spent the next five years in, in Catholic seminary. 
Um, ah, so I, okay. I took a took a little bit of break there, and then um, yeah, I had a, a sh- shoulder surgery, and and instead of using uh, opioids, I, I used a, a tincture. Nice man, and you were able to get that relief from it without uh, without worrying about opioids and and hitting your body with that, huh? Yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of one of the one of the um, reasons for for starting next to a bio but i had a I had a lot of friends growing up in atlanta that were affected by the opioid epidemic um and the the valedictorian of our high school um actually passed away from an opioid uh, overdose um and so okay. i i wanted to, to steer clear from there and um cho- chose the the holistic route yeah yeah it's crazy how that can actually help i had a, a similar thing with a shoulder surgery actually a a chest muscle that tore and it was only edibles and a vape that kind of got me through the the pain on that it's kind of unreal to think about it that it can block that level of pain um as well as maybe increase the mood or you know any other benefits right but to have those core medical aspects are um, invaluable exactly and you don't have to worry about all the the awful side effects that come along with opioids the constipation and the just the fogginess of the brain and and all that um so definitely uh, definitely was great grateful to to have access so what was the catalyst then for you uh this year three of your law degree to really uh, make extobio into reality or really get that business charted up yeah, great question. So when I applied to to the MBA program at, at Keenan Flagler, I actually applied to do cannabis uh, entrepreneurship. Um, and here here in North Carolina, it's it's not a, a very cannabis friendly state. So I actually thought I was going to get just <laughs> rejected right away, but I got accepted. And and my initial probably the first two months of my my time there, I was doing market research in industrial hemp, and in particularly in the construction industry. So I wanted to. To oh, build houses, yeah, I wanted to build houses out of hemp. Uh, my mom's side of the family, they're all contractors, and so uh, building houses has kind of been running through my my blood. Like and a hemp building, or hemp fiber board. Yeah, I wanted the whole house. Um, I would love to nice. to see. Uh, we've been building <laughs> houses the same way for for so long, and using the the same materials that take 10, 15, 20 years to grow, and you know, cannabis takes three, four months to grow, and it. Turns out it's a, it's a better product and it's better for the environment. Um, and then I actually met my co-founder um, during that time. He's uh, getting his finishing up his PhD in, in neuropharmacology, studying chronic pain and uh, opioids and the cannabinoid 1 and 2 receptors. And he had an idea of, of creating a non-opioid analgesic or, or non-opioid painkiller. And my past experience, um, thought it was a, a wonderful idea to, to really help a lot of people and kind of took a pivot there from, from building houses to, to, to building medicine for people. Yeah. Wow. That is, and what a pivot, right? From infrastructure <laughs> to, to medicine, yeah. still, still servicing the community, right? Exactly. Um, from a different angle. <laughs> yep, exactly. Nice. So you, um, your co-founder, uh, David Lee, you, uh, you guys met and, um, his sounds like his specialization is absolutely perfect for extobio and you know ex- exactly what we need in the cannabis space with more focus on on the cannabinoid receptors and their response towards um, everything right as we try to explore this mystery that's been kind of black boxed for a few decades 
Absolutely, yeah. He uh, David has a, a unique uh, ability that that isn't found in too many scientists. Where he he's a brilliant scientist, but he also has an entrepreneurial mind. Um, so being able to to bring those two <laughs> things together and um, you know the innovation, the medicine, the science, and um, me being able to bring the business and, and the law side was it turned out to be a, a great combination. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great match made there. Um, and I saw that you've ex- extended the roster or added on a few other scientists to the um, to the team. Yeah, we have. So we br- we brought on Dr. Kyle Jensen uh, as our chief science officer. Uh, he's a, another brilliant scientist. He did his uh, his PhD up in New York at Einstein's uh, School of Medicine, studying cannabinoids and uh, more complex neurological conditions such as epilepsy, autism, schizophrenia, and a few others. And then we met when he was just down the road at uh, at Duke University for his uh, his postdoc, where he was studying cannabinoids and uh, epilepsy. And so we you met in we, the uh, cannabinoid support group. <laughs> yeah, we, we looked past we looked past the fact that he was a, a blue devil uh, and, and brought him on the team. Um, right. So, yeah, we brought him on, and then we've got uh, a ten person advisory board now of of really incredible scientists, legal professionals, uh, cannabis industry veterans, and um, just recently brought on a, a go to market tech executive as well to to help with our software. Oh, nice man! That's awesome to hear. So what, uh, what is the, uh, or what, I guess, what is the current projects then for Extobio? I've seen some of the research coming through that you guys are kind of funding and working with. What are, are the next steps then to advocate for that research? Or are you actually looking to build and create some new formulations within the company? Yeah, great question again. Um, so a little bit of both. Um, Dr. Jensen, he's heavily focused on developing formulations and, and has been has been doing that um, using all different sorts of, of rare and minor cannabinoids, um, as well as the, the main cannabinoids, THC, CBD. Wow, um, that's, that'd be very interesting to have that. Uh, it's, it's basically like a very um, minuscule and highly controlled ca- cannabinoid cocktail there. Exactly. Yeah. So he uh, he developed our our first um, tincture for for epilepsy. It's got ten different cannabinoids and terpenes, um, put at a specific ratio. And and we've recently finished up a, a three month case study with a, a young woman with with uh, temporary refractory uh, epilepsy caused by a, an epidermoid tumor on her hippocampus. Um, and the results were were really fantastic. Um, she had an awful quality of life. Um, she she was experiencing seizures from you know the moment she woke up to the moment she went to bed. She oh, she lost she lost her license to drive. Um, she was also experiencing uh, what are called um, refract or excuse me unawareness seizures um, about ten a month where she was losing consciousness, um, her sense of reality waking up with drool on her just everywhere and scary. Is, is terrifying. Um, she had gone through, you know, seven different anti-epileptic uh, drugs, including the, the CBD-based Epidiolex, um, two different neurosurgeries, uh, one that removed part of her brain. Um, she was working with uh, the doctors out of NYU Langone, which is one of the, the top um, epilepsy centers in the, in the world. And nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing had, had helped her. And in the past three months, uh, with our case study, she, you know, she, we provided her kind of our, our, our approach as Extobio is providing precision cannabinoid therapeutics. Um, so we gave her our formulation with 10 different cannabinoids and terpenes. 
She tracked her treatment and she met uh, frequently with Dr. Jensen, our, our chief science officer. And she, in the past three months, she hasn't had a single focal on onset unawareness seizure. So she's with us. Um, she's no longer wow. losing, con no longer losing consciousness. And she's had an overall reduction in seizure activity of, of over 80%. Um, so she, she's excited. Her quality of life is so much better. She's happier. Um, her, the hope, hope is returning to her that, you know, one day she, she can drive again. Um, and Man, it's just been awesome. That's unreal. hundred, almost 180 degrees from the previous lifestyle. And after exhausting like other medical options, I can imagine the, um, kind of the mindset you've come to, right. As you're trying more things and it's not working. I mean, being able to find that relief in something, it's got to feel, uh, phenomenal, right. That's just, a, a new lease on life, dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Every, every time we meet with her, like, I'm like, I'm giddy. I'm so excited just to hear how, how much better she's doing. And, uh, I mean, the cannabis industry is tough and it's, it's moments like these and results like this, that, that pushes forward and are really the fuel that keep us going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, from Extobio's angle here, the, the, you know, the value they're providing is not only for the, the research, it seems, but I mean, for the individuals affected, you know, by the treatments, you know, that, I think that's really crazy to, uh, to think about, you know, how many folks may benefit from cannabinoid based treatments or formulations like that, that might just be, uh, hesitant to actually consume, right. Or just to, to test those waters themselves and find what works. And especially for, you know, folks that are older in the population or younger, right, that um, don't need any kind of psychedelic effects associated with their healing, right? It's a wonderful bit to be able to tap into that potential. Exactly. Yeah. And we're, we're excited and, and to be able to, you know, do the same thing for patients, but also for doctors. Um, you know, the large majority of doctors, they, they approve of cannabis as a therapeutic option, but only 2% have any type of dosing knowledge. Um, oh, so they, interesting. they, right. you know, they'll, they'll give you a medical cannabis card and that's it. Kind of, they'll, they rec they can recommend the use in general, but not to any specificity. Huh? Exactly. So you, you either have to, you know, be your own pharmacist and, and go through trial and error or, or rely on, uh, recommendations that are, are based, um, largely in anecdotal evidence. Um, and, and that's so a good point. For better or worse, a lot of cannabis industry reviews and recommendations like that are very anecdotal. Um, it's kind of almost like culture knowledge or like industry knowledge, this like amorphous blob of facts in quotes that we don't, no one quite knows, but they're like accepted terms. Um, even right. things like sativa indica or that certain terpenes will make you feel different ways. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, obfuscation of the science that happens in the space. So Definitely. having such science-based um, uh, background with the product and behind the recommendations I should really open the doors to who's willing to hear it, right? Who's willing to sit down and, and listen to that. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in the, the industry before before us i mean humans have been using cannabis as a medicine for thousands of years so there there's a lot of wisdom that that exists in the cannabis industry and and we like to think that we're we're adding on to that wisdom with our science-based data-driven approach helping to um, lay the next brick 
or exactly. maybe shore up the foundation a little bit. Well, yeah, that's exactly. Awesome. And did you ever think that you would be in the cannabis industry um, up to your your time in law school, uh, or was that just like the furthest from your your plan trajectory? With some time in the seminary school, I'm guessing maybe <laughs> you, it was pretty far. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I I can't say that I ever imagined that I, I would be in the cannabis industry, but I do like to think I, you know, my, my time in, in seminary and ministry was, it's, you know, you're bringing healing to a lot of people. And, and I like to think that's very similar to the, my, my work in the cannabis industry now is, is just an extension yeah. of that, um, which right, is still providing yeah. healing, healing with people. Yeah, and, and at times very formulaic healing, listen, having to listen and, and kind of understand what those folks need at, at the times, for sure. You can, I can see the correlations there. Yeah, but I, I, uh, it's definitely been a, a, a wind, winding, winding road. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's good. It keeps the story interesting to have some of those, uh, some of those phases in life along the way. For sure. And has the cannabis industry um, really, does, are there any next steps in North Carolina that you're working with through Extobio or is it, is it still kind of in the early stages for that space? Yeah, you know, North Carolina is one of the few states right now without a, an official medical cannabis program. We, we, have, we have a low uh-huh. THC, uh, which, which allows us to, you know, focus on certain medical conditions or indications but it severely limits uh, the industry as well. Uh, there's SB3 right now, uh, which has gone back and forth through multiple sessions at the General Assembly. It's actually a surprisingly a, a Republican-led bill, which in the past has oh. has the Republican side has have been the the people putting a hold to everything. So there there's a little bit more chance now. It was led by a Senator, I think, believe it was Senator Raven, who actually himself. Uh, used to be anti-cannabis until he used cannabis as a medicine for his own cancer. Oh wow! So, he actually benef- he had some of the benefits that first that firsthand experience, huh? Exactly, and and I think that that's you know that's often the case for for people who who have grown up with a stigma. Um, I I'm my dad yeah. is from Venezuela and. A lot, oftentimes, the Latino population has a, a very strong stigma against cannabis. And until yes. recently, and, and the work the work that I've done um, and have been sharing with my dad, I, now I've got him on as a believer as well. Um, so sometimes ah, it just takes that. Kind of transcend a little bit of that with the knowledge, huh? Exactly. So I think sometimes it just takes that, you know, walking with someone and the education aspect is is so important. And sometimes it just takes a, you know, a personal experience of not having anything else or nothing else is working and you take the chance with, with cannabis and honestly, not surprisingly, it works. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's the same, sometimes the same anecdotal stories. And so I think for people in the industry, you can almost discredit like another anecdotal story, but I think it's important to still give those folks the stage and give those stories the value so that more people hear it and kind of this things continue to spread and move in that direction. I think that the cannabis space is really interesting with the dichotomy of healing and medicinal formulations and like a recreational CPG market. 
that being said, I can see advances on the medicinal side starting to trend the CPGs uh, and like, you know, other brands even after that. Uh, I saw that on the site, you guys have a shop already with some, some uh, like CBD formulations or are they Delta 8? So they are, they're not Delta 8. Uh, it's uh, our sleep product. It's got a, about CBN, CBG, and, and a few other uh, cannabinoids and a small trace amount of, okay. of melatonin as well. And then our other, our other tincture is a, it's a full spectrum tincture. Uh, we haven't put, we haven't put um, our, our epilepsy formula up there yet because we want to continue. We're expanding our, our case study to an open label study to about 15 other participants. So we kind of our, our approach with our, our products is before we put anything on the market, uh, we want to get some some preliminary data uh, on its efficacy beforehand. I see. So doing a few stages of research then, you mentioned the first stage passed for epilepsy. So it will be more candidates part of this second second experiment. Yeah, so we're, we're going to open it up to about 15 uh, different participants. And then we're also actually launching a uh, one for autism spectrum disorder, which we're very excited about. That is awesome. How, how is ExtoBio or how are you arranging these partnerships to study these disorders or to, um, you know, to open up the studies and kind of go about that uh, formal backing? Yeah, so we are we're working in um, partnering with different advocate patient advocacy groups. Uh, so our, our case study was was sponsored by uh, an epilepsy um, advocacy group, and, and really um, ah, okay. we we wanted to be patient led and, and buy in from the community uh, because you know they they understand their condition the best uh, and know and they know how they need to be supported. And they also have their ear to the ground and, and we want to build trust with them as, as a brand, as a company, and as scientists uh, in, this, in this space. Right. If you're building it for the community, starting with the community is, uh, is the way to go. Definitely. <laughs> Surprisingly, I think a few companies miss that mark at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those deepities. It doesn't sound as, as deep as it, as it probably actually is. <laughs> Definitely. And, it, you know, it's, it's tempting, too, to, to want to go straight to the market and to start generating revenue. That green um, rush. Exactly. Um, but we, we've just tried to, to maintain our, our focus on the patient. You know, we, we say we're having a patient, patient-centered, physician-led approach. So equip, equipping the doctors, uh, you know, with the tool, the data, the research and the tools to provide uh, precision cannabinoid therapeutics. Um, and then giving the patient, you know, exactly where to get it from, how to dose it, and then journeying along with them throughout their patient care experience. Wow. Yeah, no, it's very, sounds very, uh, comprehensive there from a, like a clinical perspective. I think, um, it's going to be exciting to see what you guys learn and, and kind of what the impact it really is, you know, with just that one story of improvement already, um, being able to change that case study as you as you grow to, you know, hundreds affected or thousands is going to be powerful for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I've got a, a great team of scientists um, and, and doctors on the advisory board now. I, I'm definitely not the scientist and I'm just amazed at, at what they can do. Uh, it, it really is incredible. Yeah, man, that's that's got to be excellent. And having these, um, they're all studying now like post PhD. So they're like working in universities with access to the labs and and isolated cannabinoids or is it 
a specific lab that you actually partner with? So we, we work with a, a strategic manufacturer um, that they, he, he's a, a PhD chemist. Um, so we, we kind of have a, an additional branch in him though. He's not on our, actually on our team, but he's a, a collaborator in the, in the studies. I see. Um, and then Dr. Jensen um, leads it as well. Okay. Awesome, man. And then when it comes to um, regions, are you looking at any specific regions in the U.S. space or are you more focused on the like um, the ailment or the, the type of healing you're trying to provide with more of a, uh, a universal approach to your demographic? Yeah, so so we're in North Carolina. We love North Carolina. Um, but we're, we're waiting and hoping for North Carolina to, to get their act together. And, and yes. so we, we've got most of our, our focus on, on the East Coast, uh, up and down the East Coast. Okay. And I think the really the market actually in the, in the Southeast is, is fascinating uh, market, how's it, how it's going. Uh, you know, Georgia just became the, the first state where uh, medical cannabis will be dispensed from, from pharmacies, uh, which is a, a very interesting development in the industry. Yeah, that's a pivot. That's a turn that um, no state has tried yet. And I think it it's going to create some problems and solve some problems for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So we're, we're, we're ex- excited for the Southeast, um, looking at, up in the Northeast. But really, at the end of the day, we just want to be able to support the patients wherever they are. I, yeah, I can see that from a more of a where the patients are is where ExtoBio could be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, man, the pharmacy side is real, uh, very interesting. And it could really upend some of the track and trace and the inventory management por- parts of cannabis already in introducing pharmaceutical management systems and health insurance and, and so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, I believe that you have to have a, a pharmacist or a doctor on staff at dispensaries. Yeah. And now right. Georgia has kind of re- essentially removed the dispensary aspect from the game in, in uh, Georgia. So it's, it's like every state when they open up, they try and figure out a new model that work. And just like you yeah. said, it, you get, it creates new problems, solves some problems. It's never it's never perfect. I don't know if it needs to be perfect as long as the next state keeps learning. And maybe yeah. by the last state, uh, North Carolina or Kansas, it'll be like the best, the be- <laughs> the best legislations. <laughs> we we hope so. North Carolina is uh, pretty much completely surrounded now with uh, states that are opening up to medical cannabis, and actually the the eastern band of the Cherokees, um, which are located in North Carolina, actually just opened up um, their own medical cannabis industry. So it's oh, it's definitely wow. gonna it's definitely putting pressure on the the general assembly here in North Carolina. To kind of uh, stop dragging the feet a little bit, start start looking at getting these things figured out sooner rather than later. Exactly, and and I really think that North Carolina could really be a leader in in the country. We have um, such great research universities. We've got Research Triangle Park here that is just jam packed with tech companies, with healthcare companies. And uh, that are kind of research. poised to 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 tackle that or really to optimize that approach too for the state. Exactly. And I I, I don't know what, what's going on, but uh everything takes time, huh? Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's that it's that area too of the US that was like some of the biggest hemp producing states of, like ever for this for the nation originally, you know, back when the 
the sails and all of our ropes were hemp and like everything the military used was hemp. It was like Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, all in there um, filled with hemp farms. Yeah. So I think uh, there's a lot of potential and a lot of good soil and like terroir there that's like very classic in some sense to to cannabis. That would be interesting to bring back into the into the mainstream. Yeah, and you know, cannabis is a is a restorative crop. It, it heals it heals the earth, and we we were such a, a large tobacco producing uh, state for so long. I would love to love to see cannabis heal heal our earth too in North Carolina. Yeah, try to keep keep that soil plentiful. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't know who will be last. I think my money's still on Kansas, but you're you're making a strong case for North Carolina. Texas I is hope, in the bidding. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> so, oh, it'll be it'll be something else to see that with um, pharmaceutical support, and maybe that will actually drive some other states' medical industries to to make some steps. Because I think in general, when the rec laws hit, the medical scene kind of gets a damper. It's um, really a lot of the patients just start buying recreationally, and it just becomes easier. I don't know if there's necessarily, it's not that there's incentive, but there's not really a reason to be medicinal versus rec always. In Vegas, there's some tax that um, you do not have to pay for being medicinal, but having access to, you know, getting cannabis through your health insurance or from a pharmacy right. may be another reason, or maybe actually give medicinal cannabis programs that kind of traction they need to uh, to continue, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The recreational approach is very um, consume what you want, when you want, preferably often and preferably from us as much as possible, <laughs> yeah, which is hard to argue with. Uh, and it's hard to say that that's therapeutic as well. Obviously, there's people finding healing in that paradigm, but it's difficult. Definitely. Yeah. And, <laughs> and kind of like you, you mentioned, too, that, you know, when cannabis legislation um, on the recreational side um, came a lot of the the medicinal side kind of went down and um, I th I think that in, in some instances actually did um, a little bit of damage to the patients um, that really oh, were on, on the medical side and kind of the the I didn't allow the the medical legislation to to get propped up in the way it should have um, it was used somewhat as a foothold in the door to to bring in adult uh, recreational use so hopefully yeah, the, it seems the like sticks. it's not. Yeah, it's not, it's not that center at this point, at least in some of the conversations that I've seen or kind of like the, the cannabis news in quotes, if you could call it that, is more yeah. around the rec market, the capital prices, um, like the that side of the institution. So it's, it's cool to see Extobio trying to pull that pendulum back to into the medicinal side and and that pharmaceutical approach. Yeah, we're we're trying to and and really to to equip the doctors at the end of the day to really foster foster the patient physician relationship, um, equip the doctors with just with the tools to to be able to to prescribe or to to recommend um, to take their patients through the program if ex needed exactly. or be comfortable there more and than to, just to, recommending. Yeah, exactly, and to to journey with the patients too. You know. One of the largest populations um, growing for cannabis use and medicinal use is the older population. And they don't know how to use cannabis. They don't know how to pick cannabis. And so they're oftentimes very anxious when they're, they're starting their, 
their medical cannabis um, care. And so to, to have a, a doctor that they trust to walk with them and, and journey with them along their, their care, um, and for the doctors to, to feel confident in what they're recommending to patients. Um, right. And not just kind of crossing the fingers a little bit or uh, yeah. assuming it'll generally help, right? There's actually right. Some, some studies behind that and some milestones to, to approach and exactly. a way for them and, to get feedback. Yeah. Exactly. And, and thankfully cannabis has a relatively safe, um, safety profile. So, you know, you're not going to overdose and die. I, I imagine if, right. if we took this approach with any other type of, of medication, it would be, it would be awful. Um, to just say like, well, yeah, in general, this opioids <laughs> will help you with your pain. So yeah. go to this store to buy some and be like, oh my gosh, exactly. <laughs> part of society is crumbling because of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I could see that. And I think that the, the psychedelics industry is actually staying very, very soundly within the pharmaceutical realm, within the clinical realm and kind of focusing on the healing side and the, and the benefits there to society. So I think there's something there too that um, we'll get a second wave of, of importance as kind of psychedelics come down the aisle after cannabis. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, the psychedelic industry for, for therapeutic use is just absolutely fascinating and, and, and shows so much promise. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've been learning more and more about that and just kind of getting, kind of getting uh, my bearings in the space of where it's at. It's, it's interesting as heck, and I think it's almost like a rewound cannabis industry with a, mm-hmm. a lot less focus on, on rec or kind of CPG angle products. So it's um, like a lot of biotech and medicinal stuff on that side. Yeah. It's, it's very, and, interesting. Uh, it sounds like that's Exto bios future chapter uh, in a few years. Yeah. It, <laughs> it seems like the natural progression for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right, man. Any projects or conferences around the corner for you guys this year to wrap yes. it up? Yeah, so so we're excited. We just launched our, our series pre-seed fundraising. Um, so we're we're raising uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars safe, um, and we're actually uh, it's been been pretty successful so far. And we're we're heading up to Connor Global um, Cannabis and Psychedelic Investment Conference up in New York in about I think three weeks from today. Uh, so we're very excited about Excellent. that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good time for sure, and try to lock it in and um, kind of open up more paths, right? Are there other um, other things that you guys are looking to work with outside of epilepsy? I think I heard epilepsy, autism, pain management. Were there other ones on that list? Yeah, so there's a few of them. At the end of the day, um, you know, where there's over 20 indications that um, cannabis um, can be therapeutic for. And so we're just, you know, we're, we're early in our, our development. So we're slowly adding, um, epilepsy, autism, chronic pain, um, been and looking into dystonia as well. Um, there's very interesting, interesting, um, research coming out about schizophrenia as well. Uh, uh yes. But, the one, really, the other that I'd, I'd love to see formulations for is with Alzheimer's and the memory, um, associations there. There's a, a few studies that I read and was trying to write a paper on in K-State way back when the professors were mad that cannabis wasn't legal, but the study was showing that these like these plaques, I forgot what they were called, beta amyloids or something like that, 
they bound in um, they bind to a similar area or to the cannabinoid receptors. I don't quite remember the science there, so folks who have to Google that. But uh, there was something about cannabinoids um, preventing neuro- neurodegenerative diseases from progressing, not necessarily healing the disease, but helping to pause the the progression. And that's um, uh, that's always been like a kind of a I think a fear of mine is like Alzheimer's and kind of losing your yourself your sense of self uh, right. as and uh, i know that there's a segment of the of the population suffering for sure on there so hopefully some cannabis is helping that crowd already or would be soon with the crew that you've got on on the task definitely yeah we'll uh, we'll put it on our list uh, hey so. there you go <laughs> awesome on carlos well thank you again for jumping on and and giving us the rundown for extobio i'm looking forward to see what and what comes around the corner with you guys and kind of how many more lives you can impact. Dude, it's cool to hear the story and, and see the trajectory. In, in the meantime, here before we talk again, where can our listeners find out more about you and Extobio? Yeah, um, first of all, it was, it was great to, to be with you, Rob. So it was, um, I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, it was, like I said, I listened to a few episodes uh, on my on a trip I recently took and it's great to be on here. Um, if, any, if anyone wants to reach out, uh, they can learn more about us at extobio.com. That's E-X-S-T-O bio.com. Um, or you could even send me an email. Uh, I love talking to people about uh, what we're doing at Extobio. And that's Juan Carlos at extobio.com. Hey, awesome, man. Thank you again. Awesome. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. For more information about the show, along with our services and courses, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis software product management, cannabis education courses, and freelance writing. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.